Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, February 18th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, joined by Sugar Shane Caldwell. This is the Thursday NBA show. That means Shane is on and uh, dealing with the uh, various technical issues in the Midwest. Coach still without power down in Texas. And um, Shane, what's the latest up in Michigan? Yeah, I mean, we've had really cold temperatures, you know, around zero, and uh, we've had some snowstorms. So, yeah, right now I'm, I'm out with – I have no internet, but I do have power, so that's good. <laughs> so I have heat, which is good right now. Right. That's, uh, a, you know, that's a start. It's going to start warming up uh, later this week up into the 30-degree range, so that's going to be exciting. I might have to get the shorts and flip-flops going once it gets to 30 degrees, you know. So That's right. Yeah. That's right. Get the suntan lotion on for that. Yeah, exactly. I'll be excited. Yeah, the sun might peek out one of these days. Yep. Right. <laughs> peek yeah. out behind the clouds, you know. So. Well, in the yeah. meantime, we're going to try to heat it up here with this three-game NBA slate and try to build some winners. Shane and I are both excited about it. Fun players here, fun matchups, and an interesting challenge as we look for some value to try to pay up for some of these stars. And if you look at the slate as a whole, with these three games, we have three of the six teams involved in a back-to-back. And we have two games over 2.30. We've got some good offenses going tonight, so it uh, should be a lot of fun. The first game is by itself at 7.30. Toronto against Milwaukee. This is a 2.36 total. It's the highest total on the board. Milwaukee favored by six. This is a rematch from Tuesday when Toronto won, and that gave Milwaukee its fourth loss in a row. So they are really going to have to grind here to try to get it get a win get back on track it should be a little bit easier if Kyle Lowry is out he's questionable with the ankle injury he left that game early we've got Watanabe questionable as well for Toronto on Milwaukee side Drew Holiday still out so we've had Bryn Forbes starting in his absence Shane why don't you start us off on game one here yeah what what an awesome game and two two teams that are kind of disappointing this year really I mean, they're they're still in the playoffs right now, but compared to what you're used to, they're they're a little disappointing. Um, but yeah, I love this game because it is a fast-paced game. It's the fastest-paced game on this uh, on this slate. Both teams are in the top ten for uh, pace of play, um, and they're not dominant on defense. The defensive efficiency, Toronto and Milwaukee are both tied for twelfth in the league, so they're kind of middle of the pack. You know, they're still good. Um, and then uh, offensive efficiency, yeah, Milwaukee's top three and uh, Toronto's 10th. So, yeah, it's looking a uh, great game environment here. Um, but it does get tricky because there's uh, there's not a lot of, like, real big value plays here. Uh, so you really have to determine which guys that you're paying up for are going to go off here because you're looking at these other games that also have some superstars and great spots here as well. Um, but, yeah, it's gonna, it is going to come down to the Lowry, uh, the Lowry news. Obviously, a player like that in this type of matchup in a small three-game slate, that's a huge consideration. So that could really change things. Uh, so we're looking at uh, if Lowry's out, then Van Vliet and Siakam are even more in consideration. I think you could play them even with Lowry's in because we don't know if Lowry's going to be a full go or limited or not. But we got Van Vliet here, had a great game. Uh, last time out uh, against this uh, against this team here. Uh, so Van Fleet's looking real good here. $8,000 on FanDuel, uh, $7,900 on uh, DraftKings. And he's the type of guy that has a really high ceiling. And, uh, you know, Milwaukee's normally pretty good on defense, but uh, lately haven't been playing as good. 
Um, so I think Van Vliet's looking good. Uh, Siakam is also in consideration. He's kind of a mid-price point here, 8500 Pretty good price on DraftKings, 7600 And Siakam uh, has been playing really good lately, and I just like the fact he gets a lot of rebounds. He can dish the ball and, of course, get those blocks and steals. So I like the fact that he does a little bit of everything, and especially if Lowry's out, they will need him to score and put up a lot of shots. So Siakam's in consideration here. And then if you want to go a little bit lower ownership, a little bit more under the radar, I do like OG Adenobi. He came back from his injury now, and now that he's healthy, he could be getting 30-plus minutes. And I like the fact that, again, he gets defensive stats, he gets those stocks, stocks, uh, and he's definitely could put up more uh, scoring in this game as well. So I think that he would be a little bit lower owned, and you're going to get him in that $6,000 range, and that could be a good leverage play here. And then you also have to look at uh, Chris Boucher for Toronto just because when he gets minutes, he's productive. Uh, you know, he's the type of guy that can go out and get like four or five blocks. So he's he's great on defensive stats. He can hit the three. He's inside, outside. Uh, obviously, we've talked about him all year, and it seems like that they're playing him a little bit more lately. So he's the type of guy that could play uh, pretty big minutes in this matchup, uh, especially since it's more of a faster pace. This is like a pace up matchup. And he's a little bit more athletic uh, type guy here. So I like Boucher here as well. It's just a matter if you can you can pay his price there and which site you're on. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at on the Toronto side here. Not going to get too cute, but uh, I got a, you know, a couple of the, the main stars here and then a couple of the guys that will be a little lower owned in OG and Boucher as well. Yeah, it's it's certainly going to turn on the Kyle Lowry news. And with Toronto being one of the teams here on the front end of a back-to-back, Milwaukee is as well. Wouldn't be surprised if Lowry sits here and they save him for tomorrow uh, against Minnesota. But we'll we'll wait and see here. It's early. It's early in the day here, right at lunchtime. So we haven't gotten that news yet. If he sits, what they've done earlier this season when he's been out is they've stayed. Uh, with that core group of four guys, um, Van Vliet, Powell, Ananobi, Siakam, and then they've gone with one of the centers, Len, when he was on the team, and more recently, Baines. So I think that's my that's my prediction for what happens if Lowry sits. They don't start somebody like Terrence Davis. They go with uh, Baines, who did not start the last game. Um, so if they do that, I, I am also just going to focus on Fred Van Vliet. He, he becomes very hard to, to pass up. And I think he'll be a cornerstone of my lineups. And all those other guys get a boost. Um, Ananobi is a, is a tricky one because he's a type of guy who could give you 12 fantasy points or, or 38. So he's in a you, what would feel like a cash game spot because starting solid price should get more shots. But he's just a little bit hard to trust. Uh, but but he'll, he'll make some lineups for me. Um, don't think I'll get to Baines even if he starts. We've obviously got the big value play later in the slate with Hassan Whiteside. And then off the bench, uh, I agree with you on Boucher. I just don't think I'll get to him today with that with that price tag. One of the potential value plays in addition to Terrence Davis off the bench would be DeAndre Bembry if you're playing a GPP. Uh, he's the type of guy who could give you 20 fantasy points and help you pay up for some stars. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it is a little bit tricky here. It's not like, you know, awesome value pops up in terms of a new player. We just get a boost for all of the Raptors. So Van Vliet going to be at the, at the head of line there for me. 
How about over on Milwaukee? You're going to pay up for Giannis? You know, I, it, it's going to be hard not to. I mean, his ownership's going to be high, and obviously he's expensive at 11300 and almost 11000 on DK. Um, the problem here is that, uh, you know, Antetokounmpo has been getting more defensive stats and just hustling all around as this team is in desperation mode. Like you said, they lost four in a row, five and five the last 10 games. Yeah, they're still right there in the playoff hunt. They're still in the playoffs, but for what this team is designed to do, even with Drew Holiday out for a little bit, they're really playing pretty disappointing ball. So being that they're they're uh, at home here and uh, they have a lot to play for, a lot of urgency, I think that uh, Milwaukee's going to play good in this game, and I do actually like Milwaukee. And you can see that Vegas is pretty smart. It's kind of like they know that. It's almost like Vegas knows that Lowry's going to be out and that Milwaukee is highly motivated because that you know six point favorite is pretty pretty big spread considering both these teams are solid up and down right so i do i think that antetokounmpo is going to be necessary chalk and you have to figure out how to pay down at other spots and fi find some other guys that are cheaper um because of the fact that he's doing everything uh you know it's a it's a middle of the road average matchup but he's just going to be you know so much usage and so many stats across the board the fact that he started getting the, the stocks lately, the, the blocks and the steals and the defensive stats is encouraging to me because for a while there, he was kind of trying to be a little more of a perimeter player and not really banging in the paint and not really getting as many defensive stats, like not being as aggressive. But now that he's being more aggressive with more urgency, you're going to get the old onto the coupo that we're used to. So that that's where he's 60 to 70 point uh, uh, consistent upside there. So that's why I think he's worth it. Um, if you want to be a little, you know, Middleton on this slate is a little more contrarian because he's been very disappointing lately, but you got to keep in mind, he's still a superstar on this team and holidays out. And this is a buy low spot for Middleton. So if you're doing multiple lineups, I think you could make a few with Middleton because you're going to get him in a buy low position. People are going to see that he's disappointed lately and really hasn't played that well but he's capable of coming back and having a good game. Like I said, Milwaukee has a lot of urgency to play good in this game. Um, so I think Middleton is good for GPPs, but I probably wouldn't lock him into my single, you know, cash game play type type guy. Uh, and then uh, if you want to go more mid-range value, I do like Bobby Portis here. Um, I think that Bobby Portis will get quite a bit of uh, playing time off the bench. And whenever he gets playing time, he only needs about 25 minutes to produce. He's one of the best uh, uh, fantasy point per per minute guys producers right now in the league. I just like his production overall, and he's at the 5,500 on FanDuel, 5,100 on DK. And I don't think he's going to be coming that highly owned because of all the other stars in the slate. So if you do need to pay down at that power forward slot, um, there's another guy in the late game that obviously is going to be chalky, but you could pay down on both toward power forward spots on FanDuel, for example. And Portis would give you a little bit of a differentiator there. And the guy has like, you know, 35 to 40 point upside, fantasy point upside, in even in short minutes. Um, and he might play a little bit more minutes tonight. So that's why I do like Bobby Portis here is a little bit more of a contrarian play. Yeah, a pretty similar approach for me with Giannis. I, I, you know, right now for my cash lineups, he's in there and it would be hard to dislodge him. He's had four straight games over 65 fantasy points. So he has really stepped up with, with Drew Holiday out of the lineup. I like him again here tonight. And Middleton, if you look at these matchups, these teams have played twice already. He did all right in the first matchup. But then this last game this week, he was very poor. 
didn't get many shots shots up. And the big difference was that OG Ananobi was playing and uh, guarding him and really giving him a hard time. He did not play in the first matchup. So that's the hesitation for me on Middleton. I agree. It is a buy low opportunity in a in a GPP. And it's amazing on FanDuel that his price has dropped to 7,300 and Ananobi on the other side is 6,400. So these are guys who historically you could have more of like a, a $3,000 price gap or at least 2,000. And, uh, you know, things have changed here because of these recent performances. So that is a interesting dynamic at small forward. With the value plays for Milwaukee, all these guys are at decent prices. You know, we talked before the show, Bryn Forbes is a guy who has really been stroking it 47% on his three pointers this season, but he doesn't do much else besides hit those threes. So there doesn't seem to be a ton of upside there. Uh, Connaughton played well last game out. Uh, he's interestingly enough, a point guard today on FanDuel at 4,200. Uh, and then DiVincenzo is, is usually a solid option, especially in cash right around 5,000. But for me, it, it's mostly Giannis Portis. You know, you make good points there. The challenge for me on FanDuel is that there's a handful of guys in that price range at power forward. And, you know, I'm not sure he's going to be my first choice, especially if I'm going with Giannis. Uh, but it uh, could be an interesting pivot there. Yeah, I almost trust Bobby Portis more than one guy that plays for a very, very popular team that's in the late game that a lot of people like to hate. And you probably know who that is uh, because it's hard to trust the guy. So it's weird that I trust a bench player, maybe more than him. Right. <laughs> we'll talk about him later though. So I just thought, yeah. thought that was kind of interesting. And I, yeah, and I, and I agree on uh, Pat Connington. It might be chasing a little bit, but he had an excellent game last game out. And I think that that is pretty legit that he could, he could get more uh, usage here. And uh, at that price, it's, you got to find value somewhere. So he is one of my uh, one of the value guys that I that I do like. Okay, I'm just not sure if he can repeat repeat that performance. I think he was over 30 fantasy points uh, that last game out there. So that's going to be tough to repeat that. Yeah, he's a little bit inconsistent with his fantasy output because he does rely on three point shots and he can get you blocks and steals. The thing yep. that is consistent are his minutes. He's usually right around 20. So at least you know he's going to be out there with a shot. All right, game two, Shane. Let's go to L.A. for Brooklyn against the Lakers. The second game here on the TNT doubleheader. And it's it's going to be exciting. Unfortunately, we are going to be without KD and, and AD. Uh, yeah. So that's unfortunate. But still plenty of stars to evaluate. And this is the other 230 total. It's at 232 on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. And the Lakers favored by two and a half, which is interesting because uh, it's sort of the two against one with Kyrie and Harden against LeBron in terms of the stars. Brooklyn's on the front end of a back-to-back, -back, not a back-to-back, -back, uh, a front end of a, of a trip to L.A. And this is really an interesting uh, quirk in the schedule because they're playing the Lakers tonight and then they play the Clippers on Sunday right here in the Staples Center. Usually you see teams play either back-to-back -back nights against those teams or maybe one game in between. So the the, the Nets are going to get uh, Friday night and Saturday night in L.A. to hang out. And so the question is, are they going to have their act together and get get a win here and then and then go out and celebrate in L.A. for the weekend? 
I don't, uh, I don't know if the clubs are open out there in LA. That's the only that's thing. <laughs> that's a good so. point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is a very good point. Uh, yeah. Well, at least they'll have better weather than than most of us. Uh, exactly for their for their days off. So, what are your thoughts here with uh, Brooklyn with KD out and TLC questionable? Yeah, it's a, a pretty decent pace here. What really stands out, uh, which is which has been pretty widely documented this year, is you got Brooklyn, the number one offensive efficiency team, you know, by far versus the Lakers, the number one defensive efficiency team. So it's strength on strength here. So it's like, who's going to win that matchup? But then if you look at the Lakers, they're middle of the pack, about 14th in offensive efficiency, where Brooklyn is near the bottom. You know, they might as well be last. I mean, they're 25th rated, but that also counts before the trade. I mean, probably since the trade, they're going to be right at the very bottom for defensive efficiency. So that kind of gives the Lakers a little bit of the edge, being that they can kind of neutralize the Brooklyn offense a little bit. And the Lakers can still score on the on the porous Brooklyn de- uh, defense here, and it doesn't help uh, Brooklyn. They don't have uh, KD, but of course AD's out. So it is a very interesting matchup. You can see it's a pretty close uh, spread there. The Lakers uh, do get the uh, you know get the edge because they're playing at home. I think that helps a little bit here as well. Brooklyn's uh, you know seven and seven on the road. So they're not really that great of a team on the road where obviously the Lakers are, are very dominant at home here. Uh, so I think that that helps. Um, now, with that being said, you know, I am interested in some of these uh, Brooklyn Nets guys, uh, obviously very interested in this game. Um, now, this is the, the interesting debate that we talked about before the game is, are you going to go with Kyrie Irving or are you going to go with James Harden if you're going to play one of those guys? And right now, uh, you, you know, just – just to be upfront, I'm on the Harden bus here, and you're kind of on the Irvin bus. Uh, it makes sense to, to in your to your point, uh, and obviously you'll explain why. But Harden's a lot more expensive. Um, but the reason, if you can fit James Harden into your construction, I just think now that he's kind of like the the point guard, and they kind of determined that, you know, somehow him and Kyrie determined that, which was nice. <laughs> yeah, right. Harden, Harden's just going to do so much more, and it's not like he can't score. Obviously, yeah, he'll lose a little bit of usage with Kyrie back now. Um, but I just like the fact that Harden, you know, it looks like he's trying to play defense. I use the word trying because, you know, that's with Brooklyn, you know, that's, that's the key, at least try. Uh, he's trying to play defense. He's going to get a lot more assists, you know, probably more rebounds, and he could get some defensive stats, and you know he can score. So my point is, even though Harden's more expensive, he's going to get a lot more peripheral stats and fill up the stat sheet. So that's where I feel more comfortable with him. He's pretty much a walking triple triple double, especially with KD out. And Kyrie is is amazing in terms of his ability to get to the rack and ability to get hot. But it's like he scores, you know, 38 real-life points and doesn't even put up a monster fantasy game. That's my issue with him is the peripheral stats. And, and I know that we had kind of debated that a little bit earlier. You know, there are some games where he puts up the stats, but – my point is, with the role of Harden being pretty much the point guard, he's more likely to distribute and get those peripheral stats. So I think that gives him the edge for me in terms of being able to get you know 10 to 15 more fantasy points and worth paying up, uh, in my opinion, for Harden there. Uh, so that's where I'm at with the backcourt there. I also like uh, Joe Harris here. Um, now, I know it's a brutal matchup against the Lakers, but I just like uh, Joe Harris the last game out. I like his, uh, his shooter's touch. Uh, um, I really like how well how hot he is right now, and I think he's going to get quite a few minutes in this game and get up a lot of shots, even though Kyrie's back. I still like Joe Harris here 
um, obviously with Duran out. And you got to pay down somewhere. He's only 5,200 on FanDuel. So I do like the value there for Joe Harris. Um, and then, of course, you know, Jeff Green has been solid. Um, the Lakers could play small and have Montrez Harrell in there. So Jeff Green could play center and power forward in this matchup here. And Jeff Green's only 4,900 on FanDuel, 5,200 on DK. And Jeff Green does a little bit of everything as well. And if they play a little bit more small ball here, I can see Jeff Green getting a few more minutes. Uh, and he, he's a really uh, he's a good contributor when he's on the floor. Um, so that's kind of the main guys I'm looking at um, is Harden and then possibly Joe Harris or Jeff Green here. Um, but I would say Harden and Joe Harris are my favorite guys in Brooklyn. Uh, also, uh, the guy that we really like, I know you, you really like him, is, uh, TLC is questionable for this game. So that's going to be a big determining factor. Again, that could get Joe Harris a few more shots here if TLC's out. Um, but there's, of course, some other value guys that could get some more minutes off the bench too. But um, that's kind of where I'm at. So now you have to make your, your case for Kyrie Irving because I, I agree, Kyrie is excellent. He's one of the best point guards in the game. I just I just don't like the fact that he's this shooting guard now. All right, well, let's talk about this next bus as okay. you describe it, that you're a little bit more on the, the Harden bus and I'm on the Kyrie bus. So yep. the first thing is, you know, Joe Harris is the third wheel on that bus. And to me, I don't like playing him here uh, with both Kyrie and Harden in the lineup. He would only be the last guy in if he fits. Then he's certainly playable. I mean, I agree. He looked awesome against Phoenix. He's stroking it. But he's another guy who doesn't do a ton with peripheral stats. And he just doesn't get as many shots with those two guys out there. So yeah. it is it is more of a decision for me between either Kyrie or Harden. And I'll, what I'll say is that I think they're both they're both playable. I think they're both strong options. Harden has the advantages for all the reasons that you said, but he is more expensive. And if you're going to play Giannis, then you know, that's part of the reason why I just gravitate more towards Kyrie. But I, you know, I, th I think he's going to hit value. And if you go with uh, Harden and Giannis, then you have to take one other uh, value play that you're not quite as excited about. So that that's the the issue there. Yeah, um, especially on DraftKings, where you know Kyrie Irving is seventeen hundred cheaper. Um, you know that's a significant uh, difference there. Um, the the other thing with Brooklyn that we have to watch here is the starting lineup because Coach Nash has come out and said that they are going to vary the lineup and the rotation based on the matchup, and they they're a team that's had more guys in and out than basically anybody else, especially with the three stars. And rarely playing together. And then they start to strategize about let's just play two at a time. And uh, Durant's in and out with the, the COVID protocols. So it's always changing with them. And so you have to kind of try to project what you think might happen. And I think this is a tough one to pick. Because usually they've been staggering DeAndre Jordan and Jeff Green. I think there's a chance that they both start today. Even though AD's out, you've got Gasol, so it makes a little bit more sense that DeAndre Jordan might start. And who's going to guard LeBron? I mean, if Jeff Green doesn't start, then it's probably Joe Harris. Uh, I could see both of them taking turns against LeBron. So wouldn't surprise me if Jeff Green starts. Uh, either way, I do think you know he's my next, my next target with Brooklyn. He looked excellent against Phoenix. And by the way, what an amazing comeback. You know, Harden just put the team on his shoulders and everybody was firing. And it just shows you the, the brilliance of Harden uh, that, that he could lead that. I think, what was it, 24 points down? Um, so, yeah, he's he's rolling. And Jeff Green, 
really meshes well with Harden and a decent price uh, on both sides. So he's my next target with Brooklyn. And with those bench guys, I agree. We've got to wait and see with TLC. Uh, if he's out of the rotation, let's not forget about Andre Roberson, who they've signed. He hasn't played yet, but mm-hmm. he could get some run here. He's a defensive defensive specialist. So uh, don't count him out. Um, and then, you know, a guy like Tyler Johnson, he started in Phoenix, did well for us. We had him in our lineups. Uh, but, you know, he, he's going to take a big, massive step back with, with Kyrie in the mix. Um, so, you know, the guys that you're going to consider, Tyler Johnson, Bruce Brown, Landry Shamit. Um, at this point in the day, I'm not really excited about any of them. So we'll, we'll just see how things play out. I'm more likely to go with value plays in other situations. Over on the Lakers side, we, we've got AD out, uh, Kuzma likely starting. And uh, interesting that in the last game, Gasol played 30 minutes against Minnesota, did, did well. Um, Harrell only played 18 minutes. He also played well. Um, so the thing with, uh, with the Lakers, with AD out, is LeBron – Certainly gets that bump in usage, and he's been, you know, flirting with triple doubles night in and night out. He's sort of the odd man out with a lot of my lineups so far, um, which could be a mistake because he he is likely to uh, to bring his A game against these guys and and at least flirt with a triple double again. Schroeder is a guy that's making some lineups for me as a as a value play mid mid priced option. And we know that the Brooklyn backcourt is not strong defensively. Uh, they're, they're weak across the board. So he, he could make some lineups for me. And then the Lakers' um, reserve value plays are sort of in the same boat as Brooklyn. Um, you know, Caruso and, and Wes Matthews got solid minutes last game. Uh, Horton Tucker is sort of inconsistent with his minutes. They're all in that 3K range. More of a GPP option, though, for me. I'm just not, not feeling great about any of them individually. So, you know, it could be, uh, could be Schroeder here and then, and then pass the rest of the Lakers. What are your thoughts on, on that squad? Uh, what did, what's your opinion on uh, Montrez Harrell? I don't, did you mention him? Or? Yeah, well, I, I, um, you know, he's in play for me. And on uh, FanDuel, he would be the GPP pivot to Hassan Whiteside that we'll get to. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit more in play for me on DraftKings when you can go with two centers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, I, he's playable, um, but probably not in my first lineup tonight. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm a little different on LeBron. I'm kind of locking LeBron and figure it out from there. Kind of, That's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, I know it is a tough call, a lot of superstars, a lot of good matchups, and you could definitely make the argument for more of a balanced approach, but – I'm kind of leaning. It's it's kind of trending towards stars and scrubs for me a little bit right now, because um, I because I am interested in these high price guys, and I feel like LeBron. You know, he should be uh, pretty well rested here. Uh, he's going against the team. I mean, this is pretty much looking like an NBA Finals preview, and and everyone kind of knows that. You know, if you had to bet which teams were going to be in the finals, this, this is it, right? So that means something. Of course, there's the LeBron on national TV narrative. You know, LeBron without AD, obviously, we know that that affects the usage. And again, LeBron is the ultimate leader to hype his team up to get everyone motivated against this Brooklyn team. He's going to know how to exploit this weak defense. He's going to know where their weaknesses is and he's going to attack it. 
And so he's going to just fill up the stat sheet in all categories here. Uh, and I think he's going to get a little bit more minutes than normally, even though he's been playing a ton of minutes anyways. Uh, so I just think that, again, LeBron's a guy that's hard to fade here. And I know you can't say that about every superstar because you can't fit them all in there. But he's just one of the guys I'm going to lock him in and build around him unless something else pops up and when the news with the news this afternoon and tonight. So I am on LeBron. I think he's going to be determined in this nationally televised you know, possible NBA finals preview. And I think this is the type of game that can help solidify his spot as the the top MVP candidate. Uh, this is a pretty high profile game. So I like him there. I agree with you about Dennis Schroeder. Uh, he's trending up right now, had a really good game last game out. And I think, you know, I'll take Dennis Schroeder against, you know, whether it's he's playing against Harden, uh, Ole defense or Kyrie Irvin, who just wants to get over on the other side of the, you know, court and shoot. He's not worried about defense. So, you know, like I said, Brooklyn, they try to play defenses, but, you know, they're not very successful. So I like Schroeder here, and I like Schroeder getting other stats too, assists, rebounds, you know, steals, all those things. Uh, so really like Schroeder at that price, at 5700 $5,800 range, way too cheap. And with AD out, you expect increased usage from him. And, again, Schroeder's looking at these superstar guards on the other side saying, hey, you know, I'm a good player too. So that's what he's thinking. And don't think LeBron isn't motivating him there and saying, hey, Schroeder, you want to let these guys show you up? You know, because that's the type of leader that LeBron is. So I think it makes a difference here in terms of those things. Uh, Kuzma's the guy I was talking about that if you wanted to fade Kuzma, I think he's going to go pretty highly owned here in this spot, that you could pivot to someone like Bobby Portis because Bobby Portis is a bench guy. He gets like 20-some minutes. You're just not thinking that. But Bobby Portis has shown he can outproduce someone like Kuzma. And, and he's a little bit cheaper. So that's why I was thinking it would be kind of a pivot spot. But I'm okay with Kuzma. He is kind of boomer bust here. So I don't know if I trust him in cash games, but he feels a little more GPP. I mean, he could be due for a big game here against this pretty weak defense. But I don't really love Kuzma overall. Again, he's a little scoring dependent here. Um, I do kind of like Montrez Harrell. I know that you do have the issue with the, uh, you know, play. you don't really want to have to play him over the, the bigs for Sacramento the way that's shaping out. But I think that's a good pivot there uh, to play Montrezl Harrell because I think that the Lakers could go small here um, because I don't think DeAndre Jordan's going to be in the game the whole time. So Brooklyn could go small and the Lakers could go small and they can just get up and run. Uh, so some of those guys like Harrell, who's good in transition and battles down low, I can see him getting more minutes off the bench here um, and having a productive game. So I, I do like uh, Harrell in this matchup. I'm not really worried about the interior defense for Brooklyn. I'm, uh, they're pretty weak there, um, especially since I don't think Jordan's going to be playing the whole game here, uh, getting a ton of minutes. So I, I think Montrez Harrell's kind of sneaky here as well. Um, other than that, yeah, this shapes up to be a great game here, and it's going to be these superstars going at each other. And expect a lot of ownership in this game because of the popularity of the players and it's nationally televised. Um, but you have to get some exposure, but I don't know if I'm going to go all in and stack the game because I like some of the other play the games and players as well here. All right. Yeah. Excellent points on LeBron. Uh, he, he would be tough to fade uh, yep. for the reasons you mentioned. Yep. All right. Game three, Shane, last game of the night. We've got Miami and Sacramento also tipping at 10 o'clock Eastern. And this is a back to back for Miami after that OT loss to Golden State. Nice comeback from the Warriors. And uh, Miami favored by one here, 226 and a half total. And for the news, we have Dragic out for Miami. And over on Sacramento, Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes are both out. So start us off on this one. 
Yeah, I mean, that's major news on the Sacramento side there for the for those uh, injured players. That really changes this whole slate and the whole dynamic. Uh, Miami's, uh, you know, Miami's not a very good road team here. They're on this uh, West Coast trip here, and they're, uh, they're going out to uh, Sacramento. Miami's 4-10 uh, and 10 on the road. They've been pretty disappoint, disappointing. They, they remind me, uh, you know, obviously – they, they remind you a little bit of, of uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. They're supposed to be dominant and at, right at the top, but they're basically battling for playoff position. So Miami's been disappointing, but they do have a tough team, still a really good team. So this could be a, a spot for them to bounce back against a depleted Sacramento team. Um, but you can, see, and you can see they're only favored by one point. So this looks like a pretty good game here. Um, one of the issues is Miami wants to slow it down, obviously, and, and have a slower paced game here. So that hurts Sacramento a little bit. Uh, Miami is, uh, you know, pretty good on defense. They're not as dominant as they probably were last year. They're 11th in defensive efficiency. Um, but for the Miami sake, you do have the Sacramento defense is ranked dead last in defensive efficiency. So that looks really juicy here for the matchup. So which brings me to my Miami plays here. Um, the guys, uh, I, just just to bring up the backcourt here, I'm not really loving uh, Kendrick Nunn as much. I've actually liked him this year at that cheap price with uh, Dragic out. But for some reason, I'm not trusting him in this matchup here. And he played a ton of minutes last, last night. I think he got 40 minutes. And I think he's going to play a lot, but I could see them rotating the bench in a little bit more. Spolster doing that, going a little deeper into the bench here and maybe getting a little less minutes and a little less usage for, for none. So that's what my evaluation of Dunn is. So I'm mostly fading him. But I feel like Tyler Hero, even though he also played a lot of minutes, he's playing too good right now to keep him off the court. And he's a young guy, obviously in good shape. I think Tyler Hero is going to get a full run here, and he's probably my favorite mid-range play in this game. 6,100 fan duel, 5,900 on uh, DraftKings. So Tyler Hero, with his the fact he's getting he got like 15 rebounds, last time out or something. So he's getting those other stats. And uh, I think he's going to put up a ton of shots. And against the Sacramento defense, I love the matchup. So I love Tyler Hero. And I'm not even like a big Tyler Hero fan. I think I like him okay. But I just think this is a great spot for him. So so I definitely like Tyler Hero here. Just a matter if you can, you know, if you can afford him, if you're paying for those high-end guys. But he's in a good spot. Uh, Jimmy Butler's interesting because he's kind of a pivot off those really expensive guys. And Jimmy Butler is pretty much, he could have a triple-double and get those defensive stats as well. So he's he's in consideration, but I'm not sure if I'm going to get to that price point of near $9,000 range. I'm not sure if I'm going to get to that or not, even though it is a great matchup. Uh, so Jimmy Butler is in consideration. I think it helps him with Harrison Barnes being out in terms of not having to worry about uh, deep defenders there. So it should be a pretty good matchup for him. I'm just not sure if I'm going to pay up for him. And then uh, Bam Adebayo, I'm in the same boat. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pay up for his price because he's in the high $8,000 range on FanDuel. Um, I like him, but I just don't know if he's going to dominate enough to smash that price tag um, in, in the way it affects the roster construction. I'm just not sure about it. So I really like Tyler Hero. And then, um, you know, Duncan Robinson I think is interesting. I think he's too cheap for a guy that plays full-time minutes here who starts and plays, you know, you know 30-plus minutes. I like Duncan Robinson here, and I like the fact he's going against the Sacramento uh, defense that's pretty weak, and he's, and he's only in the $4,000 range. So he's my favorite value play from Miami if we're going to go down to the lower price. And then, of course, you have Kelly, Kelly Olenek, who uh, you know, is pretty solid. Play, plays, uh, he's center on FanDuel at 4500 so if you just want to punt the position there. Um, but it's pretty tough with the other plays on this slate. So Kelly Olenek is, 
is in play, but he's not necessarily my favorite guy there. So, so I would say, yeah, mostly Tyler Hero, and then you can get into Butler or Bam, but I don't know that they're my favorite pay-up guys here. And then again, Duncan Robinson is a value play for Miami here. Yeah, I'm pretty similar. I mean, we we like to target the Sacramento backcourt, uh, and so Hun none as the starter, um, you know, is is an option. I agree, though. I'm, I'm much more on Hero. He was just phenomenal against Golden State last night, all yeah. over the court. Looked awesome, playing with confidence, energy. The 15 rebounds. I mean, wow, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, you, you add that to you know all of the stuff that he can accomplish on the offensive end and. And, uh, you know, he smashes that price tag. So I, I also lean hero. Robinson's a good price. And, you know, Sacramento has trouble defending the three. So he could get hot. Butler, I agree, should be an easier matchup. And that's a big question mark we'll talk about is who is Sacramento going to start with all these guys out? And I feel like they might start somebody like Glenn Robinson to try to defend Butler. Uh, so that'll be an interesting dynamic. No, I'm not going to get to Bam. You know, with Whiteside uh, starting, he's big enough to um, give him trouble uh, enough that I don't want to I don't want to spend up for Bam. And off the bench, one other value play I'll mention is Achua, who, interestingly enough, on FanDuel is a small forward at thirty five hundred. So he may go under the radar because of that. But, you know, he's a guy who could quietly get 20 fantasy points, six X return and help you pay up for one of those stars. So uh, keep him in mind. Let's transition to Sacramento here. Are you ready to lock in Whiteside? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Whiteside, uh, you know, the only thing you're concerned with Whiteside is, uh, you know, if he gets into foul trouble. But overall, to have Whiteside as your backup center and still have, you know, Bagley over there as well, that's a pretty good position for your your starter being out. You're, you're in pretty good shape still. So that shows the depth of their – of their uh, of their uh, front court here, um, yeah. Whiteside, I like him on Fanduel. You get the three points for the blocks. He's kind of a defensive blocking specialist. Obviously, he's going to be crashing the board, so I don't think he even has to score that much. But he does have some post moves. He can get he can mix it up in the paint there. So I do like that that Whiteside is just an old fashioned you know center you know kind of rare in the paint center. He actually gets down there. He's not going to be floating out, taking a bunch of threes like some of these guys that don't want to get in the mix there. So I like that Whiteside's going to get the defensive stats. He's going to get in the mix in the paint, and uh, I think he will produce there. Uh, and, yeah, $6,000 on FanDuel, like I said, you're going to get the three points for the blocks. I expect him to have some defensive stats. And then on, on DraftKings, obviously, he's way too cheap at $4,600. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's definitely in consideration here. And then, of course, the other big guy, Marvin Bagley, could be starting as well. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to start both or just start one of them, but either way, they're both in consideration here. And Bagley's way too cheap as well. He's power forward on uh, FanDuel, so you can play both of these guys. 5,200 on FanDuel, 4,800 on DraftKings. So those guys are too cheap. Looking at probably way too much usage in the paint here. So they're kind of uh, they're kind of uh, you know necessary chalk on this slate here. And then from there, um, I am, I am interested in Corey Joseph. Um, just because I feel like he's going to get into the rotation more. He had a good game last game out, and he's been very consistent. And he's one of the only guys that's under 4,000 on the slate that I feel like is going to have a be a good contributor in multiple categories and should get you know around 30 minutes. So I like Corey Joseph here. He's one of the only value guys that I feel good about because there's not a ton of like min price near min price guys that I love on this slate. 
no, I think because of those reasons, Corey jo Joseph, I think you're going to have massive uh, ownership, but I think he's going to be necessary chalk here as well. Um, and then from there, of course, to go up to the next tier, you can look at Halliburton uh, with all these guys out, uh, especially Harrison Barnes and those guys out for uh, Sacramento. Halliburton is in play here. He's been one of the best rookies this year. He can hit the three. He can slash, drive into the paint, does a little bit of everything, plays defense. He's got that good length and everything to him. So I like Halliburton here as well. And then, of course, you have uh, Buddy Heald is kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a wild card. He's kind of streaky, but he could get hot as well. Um, but, you know, and the, the thing that I'm worried about Fox, I, I had asked you this earlier in the day. I said, are you worried about Fox? Um you know, Jimmy Butler playing Fox, because if I'm Miami, I'm putting Jimmy Butler on Fox as much as I can. I know you said they're running some zone defense, but I just feel like there's that he, Fox is by far the number one threat and that it doesn't make sense to waste Jimmy Butler in terms of his one-on-one -on -one matchup against some of these other uh, Sacramento guys. So that's where I feel like they're going to use Jimmy Butler's size and physicality against Fox to try to neutralize him. So that's why I didn't mention Fox there, that he's not one of my main core plays here. I'm worried about the defense a little bit from his aspect where the other guys are so cheap. It, it, you know, it doesn't matter. They're going to get theirs and they're going to get some run against bench players as well. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at here with, with Sacramento. What are you thinking? Are you, are you trusting Fox or are you a little worried about it like I am? Yeah, no, I'm a little worried about it. I mean, I have been avoiding park point guards against Miami because of the slower pace for Miami, the strong defense across the board. Yeah. And you know, they just they do a great job in transition defense. They get back and set up, whether it be man or that zone. It just makes life very difficult for point guards. And Fox is tremendous, but this is a this is a game where I'm going to stay away from him. With the starting lineup, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, that's a big turning point for me because Corey Joseph did start the last game. You never know; he could start again. I have a feeling they'll go a little bit bigger at that spot. And so I'm not ready to lock him in as a value play. I'm, I'm on the fence with him um, because, you know, if he doesn't start, then he's coming off the bench probably more like 20 minutes. And he's going to have to deal with that same dynamic that Fox is with strong mm -hmm. defense zone. So, uh, you know, I think it could be a situation where Joseph doesn't uh, meet expectations tonight. So I'm I'm more interested in the bigs for Sacramento with the injuries. I think Bagley and Hassan Whiteside will start, and I am ready to lock in Whiteside, especially in my cash lineups, especially on DraftKings. I mean, he's just uh, way too cheap there for what we're looking at in terms of an opportunity. Bagley is a really interesting dynamic, along with Bielitsa, because Bagley, they're both in that price range on FanDuel where there's four or five guys that you want to consider with Kuzma, Portis, Jeff Green. And then, you know, they've been uh, just a little bit uh, boom or bust. You know, Bagley's been hurt. He ha he doesn't usually get big minutes, but he's a great, great, great price tag here. So he could be a surprise tonight. And then Bielitsa, you know, he had one or two really good games off the bench. And then last time out, he, he kind of disappeared into nowhere as Whiteside just took over and dominated. But with both Barnes and Holmes out, I think Bielitsa has a decent shot to get 20 minutes, and, and he could pay off, uh, especially cheap over on DraftKings. So I'm going to avoid the backcourt for Sacramento and look at one or two of these bigs uh, for the Kings.
All right, that's our three-game slate. Uh, we'd love to have you join us if you're not already a member. Uh, go to dfscoachtalk.com and grab one of the memberships, and then we'll get you into our Discord with an email. We give out lineups about 20 to 30 minutes before tip. On FanDuel, we give out two hybrid lineups that are cash lineups or for the single-entry GPPs, and then we give a separate, uh, more boomer-bust GPP lineup. And then on DraftKings, we give we usually have a, a coach's clipboard with core plays highlighted and pivots. And then the full Yahoo lineup. Shane will be uh, constructing that tonight. Um, Shane, any final thoughts here? No, I'm re- I think we're ready for a great slate. You know, keep an eye on the news. If, if there's any news that pops up that's coming out in the afternoon, that's going to change the slate dramatically. Obviously, we're looking at, you know, Kyle Lowry and some of these guys. But, yeah, stay tuned in. Uh, give us a like and subscribe if you liked our breakdown. We break these down seven days a week. We specialize in NBA. It's a great channel to subscribe to to get your information, your in-depth matchup analysis, and, and a good way to start your DFS day every day in the NBA. So definitely like and subscribe and go to our website and check us out for sure. Absolutely, yeah. And then if you have any questions on Twitter, we are at DFS Coach Talk. Shane is at DET Sports Shane. I'm at Language Olympic. And Coach is available at DET. No, he's not. That's you. He is available at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. All right. So that's what happens when you're not reading things. You're just uh, going off of memory. Uh, So that is the group uh, with that. uh, We're bringing you those NBA podcasts seven days a week. So please do tune in again tomorrow as we'll be back as we look to crush it in DFS.